China is trying to smear Lai Qingde's upcoming visit to Paraguay. That's according to Taiwan security officials, who say that China is paying several news outlets in Paraguay to publish anti-Taiwan articles during the vice president's visit in an attempt to sway public opinion. Vice Premier Zheng Wenchan said on Friday, these actions that seek to undermine Taiwan's diplomatic relations are shameful, stressing that Taiwan has the right to make friends around the world. Vice President Lai Qingde is soon to depart on a state visit to Paraguay, with transit stops in the U.S. both on his way there and back. China has condemned the transits and is now paying media outlets in Central America and South America to publish anti-Taiwan propaganda. According to security officials, China has signed short-term agreements with Paraguayan newspapers including ABC Color, Ultima Hora and Cinco Dias to publish certain articles during Lai's visit. The content of the articles would voice support for One China, accuse Taiwanese politicians of destroying Paraguay's stability and claim that Paraguay does not like Taiwanese politicians visiting the country and putting on a show to boost their own election campaigns. Chinese state media has also been publishing articles accusing Lai of conducting a sneaky visit to the U.S. in an attempt to sway global opinion on the transits. China is paying these foreign media outlets to smear our diplomatic outreach. It's also a kind of cognitive warfare against Taiwan. I think it is absolutely shameful behaviour. Taiwan has the right to make friends with the world. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs says it has a full grasp on China's agreements with foreign media outlets, calling it an attempt to smear and undermine Taiwan's diplomacy. It's nothing new from China, which erupts with threats every time Taiwan's president or vice president go abroad. During Vice President Lai's visit, there's no need for neither planes nor vessels in China's People Liberation Army to come out seeking attention. It's not conducive to the improvement of cross-strait relations, and it damages regional peace and stability. Last week, China released a new documentary showing its ability to attack Taiwan. And on Thursday this week, two PLA aircraft and six vessels were detected operating near Taiwan and crossing the median line on the Taiwan Strait. Analysts say the actions may have been in response to the Taiwan visit of former Japanese PM Aso Taro and Lai's upcoming state visit. And former U.S. Undersecretary of State Keith Kroc, who is currently visiting Taiwan, has weighed in on China's reactions to Vice President Lai's upcoming U.S. transits. Kroc said China had no right to tell Taiwan officials where they can or cannot go. He also made a brief comment on Taiwan's upcoming presidential election, saying that he hoped Taiwan would pick someone with courage like President Tsai Ing-wen. This is what he said. Somebody, uh, somebody from another country, you can or you cannot go somewhere. I mean, what gives General Secretary Xi the right to say it doesn't make any sense? I'm not going to get involved in Taiwanese politics, but I hope it's somebody that has the courage, like President Tsai. Kroc stressed that Taiwan should continue to defend its freedom to avoid living in a regime that resorts to tactics like China's. 
The presidential office held an open house on Friday for its staff and their family members. Both President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Qingde presided over the event. Tsai encouraged her staff to have more children, saying that the government had put special policies in place to help families with children up to the age of six. And Lai was pushing for tuition subsidies to help college students of both public and private schools. This little toddler was so cute, the President Tsai Ing-wen could not help stroking her face. Seeing that another child was not looking at the camera, Vice President Lai Ching-de angled the child's head in the best position for a photo snap. Cheery group photos were shot. On Friday, the presidential office held a family day for the staff and its formal rooms were full of children's laughter. President Tsai even jokingly thanked the children for lowering the average age in her office. Today, the average age at the presidential office has been lowered by a lot. I want to thank all the children present. Time flies very quickly. I have already served my country for seven years together with each of my colleagues here. Looking at our little children that get older year by year and seeing that grandpas and grandmas are healthy makes us even more motivated to continually strive for our country. Expressing hopes that the nation could be the biggest supporter of parents, President Tsai also noted DPP presidential candidate Lai, who was standing beside her, was pushing for a tuition subsidy program for public and private universities. On family day, I want to encourage each colleague to persist in having another child. It doesn't matter if you have two, as we have a policy called the nation raises children aged 0 to 6 with you. We also want to do things for those aged 0 to 22. The nation educates them with you. This is what Lai Qingde has promised. Although it was a promise from the vice president, we have implemented it in advance. The once-a-year family day for the presidential office staff is sure to have left them with fond memories. Japanese media report that the country is due to start releasing wastewater used to cool the crippled reactors at the Fukushima nuclear power plant as early as the end of the month. China has criticized the planned release and imposed restrictions on Japanese seafood imports, prompting accusations of hypocrisy. Voice of America's Henry Ridgewell reports from Tokyo. More than 1,000 giant tanks surround the wrecked Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant, holding more than 1.3 million metric tonnes of waste water used to cool the reactors. Most radioactive contaminants have been removed, but the water still contains the radioactive element tritium, explains American scientist Paul Dickman, an advisor to the Japanese government. It is natural. It's in everything we eat, drink and breathe actually anything that has water and it has tritium in it so all nuclear reactors produce as a byproduct small amounts of tritium and the way that you deal with this and we have uh, constantly is to discharge this either in through evaporation into the air or discharge it into a water body particularly if you're by the sea Japan plans to release the wastewater over several years, diluting the tritium concentration until the water quality exceeds drinking water standards. The majority of scientists say the plan is safe, 
But some of Japan's neighbors, especially China, have strongly criticized the move, imposing restrictions on Japanese seafood imports. Our opposition to Japan's ocean discharge plan and the relevant measures we are taking are well grounded. Nuclear power stations across the world, including many in China, constantly dispose of tritium into the sea. Beijing does not publish figures of how much it releases into the oceans. Meanwhile, Japan is conducting a public communications campaign through animated films and advertising, even live streaming a video of fish living in a tank of treated wastewater. Here in Tokyo's giant Tsukiji fish market, the stallholders are confident over the safety of their seafood. But this isn't just about science. Japan is in a political and public relations battle with some of its biggest Asian buyers. Henry Ridgewell for VUA News, Tokyo. Citibank closed its 44 outlets around Taiwan on Friday, one day before officially transferring its operations to DBS Bank of Singapore, which acquired the company's consumer banking business late last year. Moving forward, new signage will gradually replace the old one at the Citibank outlets. The transfer means that several banking services will be suspended until 9 a.m. on Monday. That's withdrawals with ATM cards, money transfers, account searches, online banking and mobile banking. DBS Bank services will also be affected as the company incorporates data from Citibank. Online banking, mobile payments and free parking benefits will be suspended for two days. Taoyuan held the 2023 edition of its Multicultural Forum, which focused on cultural diversity in urban governance. The event was attended by Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzheng, as well as Malaysia's representative to Taiwan and the mayors of cities in Japan and Australia. Mayor Zhang described Taiwan as a melting pot of cultures, with large populations of immigrants, indigenous people, Hakka people and migrant workers. He said the city would continue to serve as a multicultural bridge between Taiwan and the world. The 2023 Multicultural Forum opened with a sand art performance incorporating words in many different languages. This year, the forum's speakers include the president of the Malaysian Friendship and Trade Center, the mayor of the city of Logan in the Australian state of Queensland, and the mayor of Narita in Japan. Each spoke on their experiences with city governance. The reason multiculturalism in Taoyuan is so special is the historical context. Over the past 100 years, there were Hoklo people and Hakka people that came from across the strait to Taiwan, to the fertile lands of Taoyuan. Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzheng brought together Hakka people, indigenous people and immigrants, as well as representatives from other countries to discuss how to create a society based on multiculturalism. The event was also attended by the Deputy Trade Representative of the Singapore Trade Office, who weighed in on the development of a society with different ethnic groups. We're here as a delegation to not only share the sister city experience, 
but also to see what sort of communications we can continue between our city and your city. Next year marks the 70th anniversary of Narita. To commemorate the milestone, we will hold events together with Taoyuan and we can decide together what to do. Taoyuan hopes to foster international cooperation and city-to-city -city exchanges with the forum, becoming a bridge between Taiwan and the world that lets other countries see Taiwan. The 33rd TAA International High-End Audio Show is back in action. A total of 500 well-known brands are showcasing their newest equipment in Taipei. Audiophiles can find the latest models of stereos, home theaters, car audio systems, as well as all kinds of headphones. Our very own Stephanie Yang was there to see and hear what's on offer. This German four-piece speaker has been unveiled in Asia for the first time. It is designed with a 360-degree omnidirectional speaker, which makes listeners feel as if they were in a concert hall. It simulates how instruments generate sound, so it makes the sound feel like it's not coming from a regular speaker or from a certain point. You can feel the sound all around you. There's also this speaker, which is designed with advanced transmission technology. Many well-known movies and soundtracks use it to monitor their sound. For example, recent major movie productions such as Batman, Superman, Avatar, as well as some Hollywood soundtracks use these speakers in the recording studio to monitor their work. The 33rd TAA International High-End Audio Show in Taipei is back in action. It is dubbed the largest audio show in Asia and the second largest audio exhibition in the world. A total of 500 internationally renowned brands have set up booths here to show off their wares. I'm uh, eager to learn about uh, how uh, the media uh, uh, which is being used uh, is uh, here in, in uh, Taiwan. As you know, uh, in Europe we are just facing a very vital uh, demand for LP, for analog uh, reproduction. Um, however, the big market trend of course is the streaming audio. So uh, lots of demonstrations uh, are based upon uh, this uh, kind of um, uh, setups. And I like to see and I like to listen how uh, the exhibitors here in Taiwan are doing their demos. Uh, the pandemic has come to an end after three years, so many companies are taking this opportunity this year to show off their new audio products and out-of-this-world technology. The TAA International High-End Audio Show will be in Taipei until August 13th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. Well, Mid-Autumn Festival is coming up. That means showtime for pastry makers. Cake stores are already vying to attract customers with the most delightful mooncakes. But while some stores are going for a traditional recipe, others want to shake it up. Different types of treats, including healthy crackers and egg yolk pastries, are all on offer. Let's take a look at some of the biggest launches in this year's competition of Autumn Treats. A stream of crystal clear fragrant tea is poured. Pair it with a brown rice and nutcracker livened up with cranberries and pumpkin seeds. 
This tea house chain is serious about the health food market, as you can see by their mid-autumn festival gift boxes. We've made it into a tea bag. It's more convenient to brew, and also we pair it with some special snacks that are perfect with tea: the brown rice and nutcracker, which also fits the recent trend for nutritious foods. Other options include this tray of egg cakes. They're full of brown sugar pearls and rolled by custard, and shaped like the store's signature product: a pearl milk tea in an elegant glass. 西门限定的珍珠奶茶口味，珍珠是选用黑糖玛吉去做代替。The fillings and shapes of seasonal treats must be special. At another competitor, these cotton flower crackers come in more than ten flavors. The pink petal flavor is cranberry and roselle, while the purple one is purple potato and dajia taro. 感觉很特别，没有吃过。It's very special. I've not had it before, so I was curious about the flavor. The flower shape makes it into a gift box. It's quite special to give someone. We use osmanthus to flavor the cracker itself. The tea fragrance is osmanthus too. We demand an eco-friendly ethic, so we hope customers will use these cool bags to take them home and reuse them. Big hitters are teaming up to catch consumers this autumn. A Hong Kong store that's operated in Taiwan for more than 25 years worked together with an illustrator to produce this gift box. Its big draw is the Hong Kong-style mooncake paired with traditional Taiwanese egg yolk pastries. I saw this store online. I saw lots of people like it, so I came. I want to give them to my friends and family. I prefer traditional foods, things with egg yolks and gooey centers. It seems mooncakes come in all different colors and flavors this year. As mid-autumn festival approaches, the race for sales is heating up. And now the weather. Friday was rainy island-wide, with heavy rains in Tainan in the morning and thunderstorms in northern and eastern Taiwan in the afternoon. The Central Weather Bureau says the weekend will usher in sudden showers or storms in the early morning for central and southern Taiwan, with clear to overcast skies elsewhere. But the respite from the rain will be short-lived. Starting Monday, the chances of precipitation will greatly increase in central and southern Taiwan. Over in the north and east, afternoon thunder showers are to be expected. Let's hear from a forecaster. 东南部地区有阵雨或是雷雨的情况，我们可以看到明显的降雨的量都跟之前比起来。In central and southern Taiwan, we'll see showers and thunderstorms and more significant rainfall. The wet conditions will get more pronounced next week. Starting Monday, there will be afternoon thunder showers, but they may not be as heavy as these past few days because they'll be spread out throughout the entire day. That's for central and southern Taiwan. Southwesterly winds will blow in thunderstorms in the early morning to central and southern Taiwan, with afternoon thunder showers in the north and east. The wet and rainy weather will continue until Thursday, so be sure to keep an umbrella handy.